Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, presents a podcast for families in crisis. Hello, and welcome to a podcast with the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. My name is Ann DeSantis, and I'm the director. Thank you so much for joining us. And on this Thursday evening, joined here with my friend, John Paul Kasparovich. He is a, a recording artist and also a, a missionary from the greater Philadelphia, outside of the Philadelphia area. He is with single-hearted.com and bigheartharvest.com, husband and dad, and he's doing such wonderful work. Thank you so much for joining us, John Paul. Thanks for having me again, Ann. It's good to be here. Good to... Uh be able to talk to you again. Yeah, you've been on this show before and also, of course, with uh, Bill Snyder and I on the Sewing Hope podcast. And we just had a wonderful conference last month, the, the God is Mercy conference, as well as the Advent conference that you did with Perusia Media and Bill Snyder. So thank you for your great work. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to work on it and excited to, uh, you know, work on the videos, but also, um, the, the live sessions, uh, I was excited about as well too. And what you get to meet so many people through, um, yeah, through the social media network and everything like that, doing those sorts of things. And and it was just a blessing to me, really, to be able to meet uh, new people from all over the place, really all over the world. It's cool. Yeah, it really is. Now we have to tell some of our listeners that I hear something there in the background, <laughs> Can so, you that, hear the so that they know. <laughs> So explain to them that you're on a farm and what you do. I'd love them to learn more. Yeah, I, I think he's a little jealous. He wants the spotlight. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, so we have a, a small farm that um, we have a farming ministry that we call Big Heart Harvest. And what we do is we grow food and we raise chickens and we take the produce from the from the crops and from the eggs and stuff like that. And we give it away to rescue missions and soup kitchens. And we also go door to door when we find out people are in need. Uh, whether they're near our parish or near our town, whichever one. And uh, which it's been an amazing thing, especially with this whole COVID situation this last, this last year, you know, um, we've had so many more individual deliveries, which have been uh, a blessing to us, you know, to really kind of bless other people, which has been neat. So that's what that's all about. And yes, yeah, so that's the big man rooster out there. He's the, he's the boss, I guess. Besides, <laughs> besides Nala, who's our, our, our Newfoundland uh, dog who kind of watches over them all, you know. Well, this is the first time that the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation has had a rooster on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't have any competition, so it's just him and he's got all his hens out there. So he's, he's a happy character. Oh, well, it's so great to have you because, uh, not only are you a person that really loves your faith, you are really trying to pass it on to others, not only through your family. I know you're married and you have a son and a daughter. 
-hmm. and a, a busy man with the, the great things that you're doing with music and also with helping to bring food to the tables of those who need it in your community. And again, I'm, I'll mention the websites. They're single-hearted.com. And the other one is bigheartharvest.com. So if you're sitting there with your phone, please do check it out. And you know, it's the end of the year. It's the time to give to those uh, people who are doing great things to help others. Uh, it is the time of, you know, we have our Giving Tuesday. We're actually recording this before Giving Tuesday. Mm. And it, it, December is the month of considering those uh, missions, uh, missionaries that you would like to support. So I thought we could start out with your own, um, your own faith story. I know we talked a little bit about it on some of the other podcasts, but you weren't always a man of, of deep faith and even uh, Catholic, I think. I think you said you were baptized Catholic to begin with, right. but yeah. uh, fell away. So please tell us more. Yeah, I wouldn't say really fell away because it never really was. <laughs> I mean, right. I was baptized, you know, when I was four, but uh, my parents didn't really practice the faith. And uh, unfortunately, they got divorced when I was about seven. And, uh, you know, we never really went to church or anything like that. I went to Catholic school um, sometimes because it was better than uh, the public schools in Trenton, New Jersey, where I, where I grew up. So my experience of being Catholic where my experience at Catholic Church was in and out of these Catholic schools. And, and there were some really, um, you know, when I look back, there were some really awesome people in my life then that God was putting in my life. I just didn't know it at the time, you know, because I was too young or too naive or too ignorant, <laughs> one or the other, right? So, uh, but for me, you know, I used to, um, when I got into high school, I was in Catholic school for one year and then same pattern. Then we, we moved to Pennsylvania. So I went to uh, public school. And uh, actually during my high school years, I was in a heavy metal band and we used to rock out to things like uh, Metallica and stuff like that. And I had, I had super long hair, probably longer than your hair. And it was, uh, it was pretty long, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, the big hair bands and stuff like that. And uh, it's kind of a crazy time in life. And in that time of life, you know, as I said, my parents got divorced when I was young. So we were bouncing back and forth between mom and dad's house and uh, two brothers and sisters lived with with mom, two of us live with dad. And uh, then we have half brothers and half sisters from their new marriages and all that sort of thing. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 19 that I started reading the Bible. And I don't even know why or, or, or you know, what inspired that, but I just started reading the Bible. And, uh, you know, I started to learn about Jesus and I started learning who he was and what he did and, and realized that in my own life that, you know, that I must be pretty valuable to God if he was willing to die for me. I mean, that was, that was the bottom line. And so that sent me on a real search of, of trying to find the truth. And, you know, having, I think I had mentioned this the last time I was on your show, my big thing was really wanting to know the truth. And that kind of came, you know, was almost a product of my parents' divorce because I really wanted to know what happened with them, you know? I, and we never really, you know, we never really told the whole truth, like, why did they split up and all, but that left in me this desire to know the truth, not just in that situation, but in all situations. And when it came to God, and when it came to the church, and when it came to different churches, I just searched out so many different places and so many different churches. And then, um, you know, and that led me, long story short, led me to the Catholic church when I was about 26 years old. And, uh, I met this priest at this parish that I visited 
And he just changed my life, you know, and he really made me open up to really finding out. He was basically saying to me, if I really wanted to know the truth, then I really need to find out. And, and so I did. I went through RCIA and I learned about the Catholic Church. And, and then I really just fell in love with the Catholic Church and at the same time fell in love with God, you know. So um, my wife now, uh, at the time we were dating back then, and she was Catholic, and then we would go to Mass together. Um, and I would go to mass with her, but then I would also go to these other churches too, because I was still in that searching mode. And, uh, but when I wound up getting confirmed, she was my sponsor. And then after I got confirmed then then we got married and, you know, then we had children and all that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, we, we, this, I'm sorry, we decided in our lives that we got married, that it wasn't just between us, you know, that it was between us and Jesus, us and Christ. Um, even to the point where, you know, a lot of people with their weddings, you know, have the little two uh, cake toppers, you know, the the bride and the groom. Well, we didn't do that. Uh, we actually had a cross with two rings nailed to it. That was our cake topper at our wedding reception, you know. So we, we just really uh, wanted it to be that way. And, and now we're trying the best we can. Our children are older now. We got a 20-year-old daughter and uh, uh, soon-to-be 18-year-old son. So uh, my influence is fading. <laughs> <laughs> so, well i know you i know you pretty well now since you've been so connected with the foundation and also with our podcast and and i don't think that your uh connection with them is fading i think that you are uh, a caring father that really has made an influence on your family and on a lot of people around you so thank you so much for all you do now, I thought you could tell us about the website, singlehearted.com. It's such a nice website, single-hearted.com. Yeah. yeah. So that, that phrase, single-hearted, actually comes from uh, a version of the Bible, the first version of the Bible I ever read when I started reading the Bible at 19. Um, and it's said in there in the Beatitudes, which is a different way it's of, of translation. I don't know. It was a New American Bible. Um, I don't know how old it was, but it said, blessed are the single hearted for they shall see God. Most of uh, the versions you read today will say, blessed are the clean of heart or blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. This one said, blessed are the single hearted. And so uh, that's what really inspired my ministry is to be single hearted for God. So when, I, when I gave my life to Christ and then I got confirmed Catholic, um, one of the things I realized is that God is a God of his word. When God says something, it happens. You know, like he said, let there be light and boom, there was light. And I believe that as we're made in God's image, he expects us to be people of our word. You know, that when we say something, we live it out, we act it out, we do what we say and we, we live what we say. And so for me to be single hearted um, is, is really to be centered on Christ. And so I took that and threw that into the ministry that I started which has been around for about, it's got it, it's about 23, 24 years now, which is crazy uh, to think because, um, you know, I started out helping out at a parish and, and doing retreats and stuff like that at a parish and a youth ministry. And, and it just kind of started to blossom and bloom after that. And so that's what that is. is it's basically going around and speaking and singing for mass and singing for adoration and running retreats and, and that sort of thing. And now it wasn't until uh, we were doing that part-time um, as I was working as a, a youth minister at a parish, and then in 2005, we just took it full-time, which was a huge step in faith. It's a whole other story, too, because when we took it full-time, we also decided to sell our house, which 
okay, so I have to quit my job and sell my house at the same time, which was crazy, you know, and it didn't have to, but the decision got timing was when it happened and we were going to buy. Uh, it was just a crazy time of life, but it was definitely a step in faith. Uh, but through that ministry, we've been able to just, you know, uh, minister to so many people, whether it's through music or through speaking or even just prayer ministry. Um, I, I just had a guy just the other day um, that I met throughout the years, and you know, struggling with depression, just emailed me out of the blue and it's like, you know, I need your prayers right now, you know, and that's the kind of ministry that I want it to be. It's not just going someplace and speaking to people, but keeping that connection open so that when you leave, they know they can call you. They know they can email you. They know that you're going to pray for them. Um, And again, it goes back to that idea of being a person of your word. You know, if I tell you, I'm going to pray for you, you better believe I'm going to pray for you. And I don't mean just like, you know, uh, a little Hail Mary, but you're in my thoughts and in my prayers all the time. And, and, and so, you know, this, this gentleman, he emailed me a couple days ago and just with what he was struggling with. And uh, I was so honored because I hadn't heard from him in, in a few years, but I was so honored that he knew that if he asked me, it was going to happen. So, so that's what the single hearted is all about. Yeah, I think it's, it's incredible. I mean, I'm looking at it right now and you have several different areas on the website. You have the litany of humility. You have a thank you, a contact us, the event schedule, the, it says eighth grade retreats, 11 uh, first communion events. So yeah, so there's, there's all that stuff listed out on there. To, but at the top, you said it first, the first thing at the top was the first one is the litany, the litany of, humility. of humility. Exactly. That is my favorite prayer in the universe, because the way I see it, I can't do what I'm going to do if, if I'm going to be stuck on myself. You know, it has to be about Christ. So I have to humble myself. And I pray that prayer every day because it, it, it's, it's a need. Like, um, and, and, and you've probably experienced this being someone who does podcasts and, and, and uh, you know, social media work and all that stuff and media work is that, you know, sometimes you can get in your own head. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about me now. I'm, not, I mean, I'm just saying maybe you can relate, you know, for me, you can get yeah. in your own head, you know, start thinking about, oh, yeah, how cool is this? Look what I'm doing. And, and it really isn't about us. It's about Jesus. And we, we need to make sure that that's what it is. But there's a lot of other stuff on there. There's even Bible studies on there. There's a television program that I did for Shalom World. And uh, there's, uh, you know, the description of the different types of events and retreats, like the eighth grade retreats, the confirmation retreats, communion. I love doing the communion retreats, too. The little kids, they're just awesome. You know, second and third graders are just beautiful because they – they're just so real and they just, they just have a heart for God and they don't even know why, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. Like keep, that, keep that heart for God when they get confirmed, when they get older, you know, cause then it gets difficult. So. That's right. I have a big smile on my face cause I couldn't agree more. Uh, so that, that's amazing. Now uh, I thought we could talk about your ministries before we really delve into our topic because this yeah, sure. podcast is for, families in crisis. So the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation is all about that. We're all about trying to make outreach to families who do feel uh, the pains of just of life and some things that separate us from God, whether it's some kind of um, addictions or a sin or something, something that separates us from celebrating our faith and feeling and really knowing that God is with us every day and every moment. So, um, that we're going to delve into that topic in just a bit, but let's first talk about bigheartharvest.com because you're actually helping to feed the hungry. 
Yeah. So this this stemmed out of um, where we're living now. Um, when we moved out here in 2005, excuse me, uh, it's because we, we're, we're blessed to be in farm country. You know, we started growing food and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we started growing food for ourselves. But then we were like those, um, you know, the gardeners are funny because when you start out a garden or vegetable garden, you always grow too much. You get so excited and you just go overboard, right? And then, uh, so that first year, we just went overboard. And we had all this extra food. And so we, we decided, you know, like, hey, well, this is not extra. This is usable. So we can we can give it to somebody. So we, we started that whole ministry out in 2005 by just going to our pastor and saying, listen, do you know anybody at the parish that needs, you know, that's struggling right now? You don't even have to tell us. We could drop it off to you. And so we, we would we would drop off uh, like green beans, tons of green beans to our pastor. And uh, he would kind of he would start distributing it. But then I think it got too much for him at that point because we just kept dropping stuff off. <laughs> so so he just started giving us names and then we started dropping it off and, and it just kind of grew after that it was just something our family did quietly um as we grew food every year and it kind of expanded and then um one of the things that happened though was in uh 2017 uh that we found that the land that we're renting actually uh to 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 grow this food well the landowner wants to sell the land so it, it really pushed me to do something that I really didn't want to do. Honestly, I like the idea of giving quietly and not telling anybody about it. It's, it's what I, I enjoy most about it. I love going to a person's house, ringing their doorbell and dropping food off and running away. It's kind of cool because <laughs> it's the anonymous part that I enjoy. But, but this led us, because of this situation with the uh, landowner wanting to sell the land, um, which he hasn't yet, praise God. <laughs> um, it led us to say we got to do something because we got to save this land. So we actually went public with it, and, and it, it caused me to start a whole uh, 501c3 nonprofit and uh, that sort of thing, so we could start raising money to purchase this land. And then, you know, that started going well, and then then COVID hit, you know, in 2019, and that just put a damper on things. So so now we're still in the midst of that, but but what it has done, and what COVID has done, it has. Uh, pushed us to expand that ministry to break out of my own comfort zone um, and and just say, listen, this is more than just our family now. This is there are so many people helping out with this, and it's 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 an amazing thing. Uh, just just from people, um, we had people come and help us pick stuff. We had people come and help us weed. We we had this one guy who donated a rototiller. This other guy who donated this. Now now we have other donors that are helping out and stuff. I actually am really, but I can't, I can't I almost messed up. I can't say this right now. Um, actually this, no, I can, because this is going to air after December, right? Mm -hmm. I just got contacted by the giant food corporation who is, uh, making a, a pretty significant contribution to help us, which, which is an amazing thing. I was really ecstatic about it, but I could say this now because this is going to air. Actually, after it's gonna, I'm sorry. It's, 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 airing December well actually Christmas Eve so we have to say Merry Christmas to everyone there you go airing this right on Christmas Eve yes yeah but it's after December 1st so I wasn't allowed to say that till after December 1st so that's the layer after that anyway but the point is so many people have been helping out and it's been a blessing um, even local farmers we've been connecting with who grow food and they grow extra and they we tell them bring it to us and we'll we'll help distribute it. So so it's not just us growing now; it's it's the community growing and it's people getting involved and it's been a real blessing. So 
I mean, that, I, I can't say enough about it. God, God's taken it somewhere and someplace I never really imagined it going. And, and I'm just excited about it. So praise God for that. Well, there's so much to be excited about because you said it best when you said that we need to get outside of our own minds when we're dealing with all this. You said, like you said, it's not about us. It's not about right. us. It's about the Lord. It's about serving others. And this news that you just gave us is just wonderful news for helping other people and other families. Yeah. So thank you. Now tell people where you're located because regarding your food ministry, obviously if they're, they're not in Pennsylvania, um, right. maybe it would, would not affect them as much, but they can also donate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're located a little outside of Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, which if you're not even sure where Reading is, it's about 45 minutes to an hour west of Philadelphia. And um, so we, we service the areas in this area, um, the rescue mission, one of the rescue missions we give to a great deal is Hope Rescue Mission, which is in Reading, Pennsylvania. It's actually a recovery house for, for addicted, uh, for addictions, men with addictions. And then they actually run the soup kitchen at this facility. And there's a lot more that they do, but we just give them a, as much as we can, which is really a drop in the bucket of what they need. Um, and so it's, 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 if I can drive there in a decent amount of time, you know, we'll, we'll bring it to you if you're in need, but people from all over the place have been helping out. So if you want to get involved and partner with us, they can do that by either going to bigheartharvest.com. They can, uh, donate through PayPal. We also have a GoFundMe page, but one of the other ways is, um, you know, through our music, uh, we put out three albums that they can download anywhere, whether it's Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever. Um, and they can download the music and all the funds from those three albums uh, will go towards Big Heart Harvest. And uh, those three albums, one is, uh, a lot, it's all original music, but one is a, a new album we just put out called Without Your Love. And then another one is the first 10 Psalms in the Bible I was um, asked to write music to the Psalms. So we took the first 10 and we made an album out of that. It's called Rise Up. And then um, the third album is an album I did like 20 years ago and, you know, never did anything with, but here it is. <laughs> so oh, it's an opportunity and that's called uh, Let Us Pray. So uh, if people want to check those out, they could support the ministry simply by purchasing music and getting blessed by listening to uh, music that's focused on God. So. That's, That's awesome. Thing. So we're again, can you say the website again for the music to buy the music? Um, well, that's on any, whether it's Apple Music or Amazon, anywhere you can download music with the exception of TikTok. I, I kind of did not go that direction, but um, uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and then anything else, any place else where downloadable music is available, they can download those things. They can download the whole albums. They can download individual tracks that sort of thing. Um, and again, all that goes towards Big Heart Harvest and is dedicated to our land fund actually, which helps us to save money so we can actually purchase land. So we don't lose, lose the ministry in that respect because that would be, that'd be devastating. But I know the Lord's got his plan. That's, uh, I know he's got his plan. He knows what he's doing. He does. And I want to apologize to our listeners because we wanted to bring you music on this podcast but we had a little yeah, technical difficulty. No, nobody's fault. We had a little technical difficulty. So please do check it out on Amazon Music or all the different places that Apple Music that John Paul mentioned, because I've listened to your music before and it's wonderful and I love it. And he, you were a guest not only oh, on God. this show, on, you were on the Families in Crisis podcast, but you were also on Sewing Hope, which we also have uh, 
the tracks are on there too. So please do go to Patchwork Heart Ministry and look up John Paul Kasparovich's music there on, on our podcast. So that, that's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of it can be found on my website as well. At least clips of it can be found on the singlehearted.com as well. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. So I thought we could delve into our topic because, uh, you know, as I said, we're talking to families in crisis and here we are. This is Christmas Eve uh, when we're airing this podcast. So maybe not everybody's able to listen on, uh, on this night. But, you know, it's not been an easy year for some people with job loss, with sickness, with not being able to get to mass and with relationship issues. Uh, I thought you could talk about that first because you're a person of faith and all of us have been touched in some way during 2020. So what do you think about that? And is there any advice that you could give to people who maybe on this evening are feeling not as attached to their faith and want to feel the love of God here on this very Christmas Eve? Yeah, I mean, it, it has been an interesting year, right? Um, some people say that I wish we could just hit the uh, restart button on on 2020, right? And and uh, see what happens if we just start over. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a tough year for a lot of people. And I know for me, I've been, I understand that um, when it comes to, you know, when you say job loss and stuff like that, you know, in the beginning of the uh, spring, we were booked every weekend to fly somewhere and that all got canceled. And so I understand what that's like. And I, I would just encourage people um, to, take a look at the positives, you know, and that's hard to do. And I get it, especially if there's a lot of things going wrong and people might hear that and say, Oh, he's one of those half glass, half full guys, you know, uh, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but the way I look at it is, um, God wants us to be at peace and God wants us to be joyful. And he wants us to have a full life. As the scripture says, I want you to have life and have it abundantly. And if, if we know that that's what God wants, then we have to make a decision in our life to say, okay, if God wants me to be happy and all these things are going wrong, so I have a choice to make. Do I trust God or do I focus on all this other stuff? Um, and, and no matter what it is, and, and, and I know, um, some people, again, might be sitting back and saying, well, that's not really comforting to me because I'm not sure where God is in my life. What I want to encourage people to do is to take a moment and stop. And even if you're struggling to acknowledge God because you're really struggling in your life, take a moment to stop and be quiet for a second and just start to think of all of the positive things in your life, all of the things that you have to be thankful for. Um, because once you do that, you make a decision to not let all the bad stuff rule your life. You're making a decision to at least focus on the good. And, and that, that has to be a decision um, because a lot of people can get stuck and mired in the, in the dirt and the mud of life. Uh, but we have, the we have the choice and the ability to say, you know what, I'm not going to let that rule my life. Um, and even in the darkest times, we can sit back like, okay, so for instance, what I mean, darkest times, well, let, let's suppose even someone who maybe has lost someone, lost a loved one, whether it's due to COVID or whatever, um, and they lost a loved one. Well, let's say when you go to a funeral, right, 
Um, what do people do? A lot of times they reminisce. Okay, they don't, yeah, they're gonna cry. And yes, they're gonna mourn. But you also hear people telling stories of the person, uh, glories of that person's life and you know, people that have touched their life. I'll give you a really good example. I, over this last year, um, actually it was in two, the, I, I don't even remember, it's, it's hard. Uh, I actually had a friend commit suicide um, recently over the last year. And um, yeah, it, but this is a man who loved the Lord. I know he loved the Lord, but he was struggling with mental illness. Um, and, and I don't know whether it was the medication or whatever it was to, to, to drive him to that point of despair, uh, that, that just took over. But when we went to the funeral, when we went to the funeral, it was difficult, but to hear the stories of how many people this man had blessed, to hear the stories of how he made people laugh because he was, believe me, I, I used to pray with this man every single day. Every day we'd pray together. Almost for a whole year, we'd pray the liturgy of the hours together. And I knew his heart, but he was struggling. And so my point is, is this was a difficult time in my life, but yet I decided, and a lot of people there decided that we're gonna focus on the joy that he brought to people's lives and, and, and how many people he led to Christ. Cause he did, there's no denying it. And, and it, was, it was a blessing to be there. So that's, that's my point. You have to make a decision to choose the good. Even if you're struggling to figure out where God is in your life, and you, you're not even at the point where you can say, the good is that God loves me. Because some people hear that and they say, oh, that's so cliche. Oh, you have to say that. Yeah, you're a Christian. I get it, whatever. But just to choose the good is to start. And if they can do that, they're making leaps and bounds because that's where God wants us to be, to focus on, on the good. Um, and even, again, in the darkest situations, when we do that, you can inspire someone else to, to love and inspire somebody else to choose the good. And you don't know who you're going to influence. You know, like this gentleman, like I told you, who, who emailed me a couple of days ago. I was out of the blue. Whatever I said, whatever I did, when I met that man, he knew he had the opportunity to call me. And, and maybe if I just sat there and had a pity party with him, he would never have done that, right? Because if I was just like, oh, yeah, you're right, life sucks, right? Excuse me, sorry. But, like, if I just did that and I just agreed with him and, and just, like, let him be whatever depressed and I didn't help lift him out, he wouldn't have known he could call me. He wouldn't have known he could call me to say, hey, I know this guy's going to pray for me. I know this guy's going to help me when I'm really struggling. So if we choose the good, we're opening up so many doors. Um, so that would be my, my first bit of advice. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's beautiful advice because this, as I keep saying over and over that this podcast is for families who are in crisis and, and the foundation helps people who are affected by divorce and separation and people who are just generally having uh, family issues and things that are maybe separating them from their faith. Uh, now, you yourself are also an adult child of divorce. And we've talked about that on the, our other podcast and mm -hmm. you did a great job. I know right before this show started, we talked about the idea of relationships between siblings, not only when they're younger, but as they get older, both the, the, 
both the struggles and the good parts of those mm -hmm. relationships and any advice that you can give to people listening that might be dealing with their siblings and how they can have better uh, Christian relationships with them. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I think it's one of the things that people don't talk about a lot, you know, because when you talk about divorce or something like that, a lot of times what's the focus, right? Mom and dad, right? We, we don't really focus on the children as much. And a lot of times people are just expecting to the, the kids just to buck it up, you know, and just, just handle it. And, you know, this is, this is between your mom and I, and, and uh, this is between your dad and I, and I, it's not your fault, they'll say, right? But they won't remedy that by, by putting uh, a little more focus on how they're hurting. You know, but I think that spills over into each individual relationship between the brothers and sisters, because each child's going to hurt in a different way. And even as you get older and you become adults, you're still, if it's never been dealt with, you're still hurting. And if, if those relationships, when they're younger, so for instance, brothers and sisters, um, I know in our situation, when our parents got divorced, two of us lived with my dad and two lived with mom. So, you know, there was always this idea of, okay, well, they got to spend more time with mom, so mom knows them more, you know, or dad knows them more. And I, I don't know, I'm sure some people have had this experience too. It was, it was kind of this little game that everybody played where everybody ran away once, you know, uh, of the children. You know, if you were living with dad, you ran away to mom's house. <laughs> if you were living with mom, you ran away to dad's house, you know. Um, and so, you know, through that, you see how the parents also react to that. And that affects how the children see each other. So a uh, good example would be this. Uh, my my brother was the first my older brother was the first one to run away and uh my dad did not take that well it was it was a really rough situation i would just say it that way uh when when he came home um and then at one point i ran away um and it was interesting because when my brother ran away and he went to live with my mom he stayed with my mom when i went away ran away to my mom for whatever reason my mom god bless her and i love her but she sent me back. So it was interesting. So I had a lot of hurt from that. But I also, you know, looked at how my father treated me when I came back. He treated me totally different than the way he treated my brother. Like he was very compassionate and, and understanding. But when my brother ran away, it was a, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And then again, when my mom, you know, she, my brother stayed with me, she suggested that I go back. So like, it, you know, and for whatever the reasons there were, and I, in the, my parents' mind, I'm sure there were their reasons. Maybe it was they learned from the first experience and they didn't want to make the same mistakes. But as a kid, you don't see that like that. You know, I saw it as, well, pff, my mom just sent me back. What is that? You know, I just yeah, got exactly. rejected, right? Mm -hmm. And in my brother's experience, you know, I'm sure with my father, when he went back the first time and how rough it was and how crazy and, and, and just a nightmarish situation it was, I'm sure my brother saw that as, wow, you know, dad really doesn't care, you know? And then when he saw how my dad treated me when I ran away and came back, if that makes any sense, you know, how he treated me more compassionately, like, well, what's that? Is that favoritism? Right. And it just becomes a, a muddy mess of a situation. And we carry that over into our adult lives. And I know my brother and I, um, God bless him, we get along fine. 
but we have had our spouts. And, and I know that those underlying hurts were the reasons for the arguments and the tr trials that we've had gotten in as we've grown up. And, um, and truthfully, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I think it is only recently in the last year that we've actually come to grips with that. And I'm going to be 50 years old. So like, and he's going to be 51, you know, we're only a year apart. But, but the point is, it's taken us most of our life, half of our life to really come to grips with like, we've been hanging on to this garbage for so long and it's time to just let it go. Right. But we, you know, but I, I would just say to people who are struggling with that, the quicker you can forgive and understand that nobody gets it right. Nobody. Right. <laughs> nobody gets advice. it right. <laughs> not your mom, not your dad, not your brothers, not your sisters. Nobody gets it right. And that in that is the problem. And if you can understand that nobody's getting it right, it, some, it makes it easier to forgive. Because if you know nobody's getting it right, that nobody includes you. And you're not getting it right either. Right. So if you acknowledge that, then it's easier to forgive and say, you know, this, I don't want to hang on to this pain anymore. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about before choosing the good, um, you know, with my brother and I, and even my sisters and my other brother, I think we've kind of come to grips with the reality that, you know what, we're not always going to agree with each other. We're not always going to be the same because we're not. But there are many beautiful things about my brothers and sisters, you know, many beautiful things. And, and, I, and there was a point in life where we, there was a uh, kind of family dispute where people didn't talk to each other for three and four years. And again, it's recently that we've all decided we are never doing that again, because that was just too much for us to handle, to, too much anger, too much hate, too much frustration to be carrying around inside of us so the quicker you can forgive the better it is but i would also say that forgiveness comes with humility you got to humble yourself um because if, if if you're hanging on to your hurts it's because you're focusing on you and the more you focus on you the harder it is to to let go um, so if that makes sense no it makes complete sense and i think it's very good advice uh, for people who are listening. And maybe, you know, it is Christmas Eve and we're, a lot of the states are on somewhat of a lockdown still. I know where we are, Pennsylvania, we're not supposed to be doing these large holiday gatherings and things like that. But it's certainly a time for reflection as we're ending the year and as we are celebrating the birth of, of Christ. You know, Christ makes all things new. And like John Paul said, I mean, doesn't matter if your family, your parents, or even you yourself did things that weren't um, right during those relationships, you know, because we're in a world that does include sin, right? So, exactly. so for that reason, we're, we're never going to get it completely perfectly right. But we know that our Savior can fix almost any, I mean, he can fix everything in the end, can he? So Amen. I think that's a lot for us to think about. So thanks for that reflection, which does really do help the people who are affected by divorce and separation. So as we're kind of uh, coming to a close in another 10 minutes or so with this show, and, uh, and it's been so great to have you again, I always love hosting you because you have so much to talk about with your ministries, with 
all the great things that you're doing. Uh, I thought we could go back to the fact of we just finished with Advent and now we're coming into this beautiful Christmas season. Talk about that because, you know, despite the fact that we went through somewhat of a challenging, challenging year, the gift of our faith is really and truly the treasure, isn't it? So yeah, it is. You can lose your job, you can have health issues, you can have bad relationships, but you have your faith and you have mm -hmm. the Catholic Church and the Catholic Church is universal, a universal community. And I just want to also tell everyone listening that the St. Raymond and Otis Foundation is here for you too. And please do make outreach to us so that you can schedule a free personal spiritual consultation with us. That's what we do. We offer that as a free service to you. All you need to do is go to knownotsis.org and set it up uh, with me on the website, and then we will connect with you. So, uh, but back to you, John Paul. So any words that you would have on people who are celebrating on this night, Christmas Eve, and as we go into Christmas? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I know it sounds really cliche, right? But I mean, it's the reason for the season, right? And, um, you know, there's a little uh, thing I've been seeing going around on, um, on Facebook, you know, where they, where you pick your favorite holiday Christmas movies. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, you rate them. And, uh, and the only one on there that I can actually rate at the top, believe it or not, is, uh, is the Charlie Brown Christmas special, you know? And, and here's why, because it is the only Christmas special that actually articulates what Christmas is all about, the birth of the Savior. Believe it or not, it's the only one that does. And, um, and I say that really because we have to remember what Christmas is about. Like, I, I find it interesting. You get all these Hallmark movies and all these, you know, people are infatuated with these Christmas Hallmark movies and, and, and they're beautiful. They're fun, I guess, you know, but none of them mentioned Jesus, <laughs> you know, none of, none of them mentioned, oh, it's, they always say it's the magic of Christmas. Okay. All right. I'm not into magic. I'm into reality. And the reality is, is that Jesus Christ is God became a man through the birth, you know, through Mary and the power of the Holy spirit. And that is such a beautiful thing because when we realize that, we realize that God wants to come close to us. And, and, and that's the key that I think during this Christmas season, anybody who is struggling in this Christmas season can, can really be comforted by, because maybe they're struggling and saying, you know what, I have a hard time getting close to God. Well, the reality is, is that God in Christmas decided to get close to you. And that you're that important to him, to the God of the universe, that he's not expecting you to climb mountains. He's not expecting you to have this, you know, grand theological knowledge. He's not expecting you to be the perfect saint. He's expecting you to do what the innkeeper did and just open your door and let him in, you know, and allow Christ to get close to you allow God to get close to you because you're that important. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with, you are that important. So important that God not only was willing to become a child and humble himself, but in the end was, you were that important enough to die for. And I think that's a very comforting message, but I think we, we miss that 
in the cultural Christmas. <laughs> yeah, know? we do. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I was even thinking of certain movies that I know of and some very popular ones. And you're right. Either it's a very slight mention of the birth of Christ or hardly anything at all. It's right. more the warm feelings and the family and the dinner and loving each other and everything, which is- It's all, all good stuff. Yeah, wonderful. But it misses the fact that, you know what? Christmas is about the birth of our savior, Jesus Christ. And right. our faith, our Catholic faith too. So that's amazing. Thank you so well, much. Even, even gift giving, right? I mean, why do we give gifts? Who gave the first gift, <laughs> right? Yeah. God gave the first gift, his son, right? So we, we have to remember this. We have to remember. We do, we do. Thank you, John Paul. I wondered, um, I wanna go through, the, lastly, again, your websites and make sure to invite people to download your music at Apple Music, uh, Amazon. Uh, that would be John Paul Kasparovich. Please do, you're really doing something good. And also his music is amazing. He's so talented and I really love uh, your lyrics and, and John Paul's voice too. So uh, do check that out and go to single-hearted.com, make a donation and bigheartharvest.com. You know, it's end of year. It's the perfect time to make that giving. So I, I think that giving to John Paul's ministries will really make a big difference. And on that note too, if you feel that you want to donate to the Nonatus Foundation, we would appreciate any, any gifts that you can give us to help us to reach more families in crisis at nonatus.org. John Paul, any final words before we end? Yeah, I guess, you know, just thanks for having me and again, and I appreciate that. I appreciate your support and your kindness. And um, I just want to just say, if we can just, can we just say a prayer for people? Please who are, do. It's Christmas Eve. You know, yes. um, yeah. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, I just ask you to bless anyone tonight on this Christmas Eve who might be lonely, who might be struggling in their life, who might be wondering where, where God is in their life. I pray that the gift they would receive this year would be that gift of the presence of Christ in their own heart, that presence of Christ, that they would feel and know that you are real, that they would experience your presence in a new way, in a way they never, ever felt before, that it would become so real to them, as real as the chair they're sitting on or the floor they're standing on or wherever they are. Just open up their hearts to know you, Lord. And I also say a special prayer for those children who, who are maybe in the midst of that family struggle of divorce. Lord, I pray that you would open up their hearts and bless them and comfort them and guide them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In the name of the Praise Father, God. and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. John Paul, again, thank you. And thank you to all of you for listening. Merry Christmas, and we will see you on our next podcast. God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission a brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. 
for only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.